Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's sermon was given by Associate Pastor Reverend Henry Coates. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Responsive reading today is Psalm 146. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Thank you, Lord, for your unfailing love for us. You've promised we're written on the palms of your hand, and that gives us courage for each day. Amen. Let's read responsively now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. Lord will reign forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Good morning, everybody. It is a joy to be up here sharing the word of God through the proclaimed word of preaching with you. Last time I preached, it was outside. It was about 90 degrees weather, and I was melting. It was so hot, my iPad turned off. But you know what? That's not going to happen today. Today, we are together gathered in our sanctuary, and we praise God for that. And I want to welcome all of you here, and I want to welcome all who are joining us through our live streaming option. Together, we are the Church of Jesus Christ here at the First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, and I am so glad you are here. Let me pray, and then we'll get right into it, okay? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing unto you, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So for the past couple of weeks, we have been taking a look at the hymn book of the Bible, the Psalms, which in the days of the early Israelites and Hebrews were all sung. They weren't read. They were sung. Just as we have many different kinds of hymns and songs we sing here in worship, so do the psalms fall into different categories. There are psalms of praise and jubilation. Uh, there are psalms of weeping and lamenting and repenting. 
Pastor Ray has covered all sorts of psalms as he has preached since he got back from sabbatical. But today, I have been invited to preach on Psalm 146. So if you want to open up your Bibles, if you haven't already, let's go to Psalm 146 and let's examine this together. Now, Psalm 146 is a psalm of praise and a psalm of trust. Now, when I first looked at Psalm 146 with the knowledge that I would be preaching on it, my heart sank. Now, why would my heart do that? That's a good question. Because the first quick reading showed me that this was a psalm of praise. I won't kid you. This has been a couple of challenging, hard weeks for many of us. So many dealing with personal difficulties that seem insurmountable, compounded by grief and fear and apprehension, perhaps even a bit of depression and anxiety. On top of the challenges such as these that we may face personally, there are great difficulties that so many around the world are facing. The aftereffects of the horrific earthquake in Haiti, Hurricane Ida's path of destruction in Louisiana, New Jersey, and New York, which, to be honest, hit me especially hard because many of the places of my earlier life have been covered by the floodwaters this past week. We see nearly constant destruction from wildfires out west in California and other surrounding states. We see to, we, these fires that seem to be never ending. We recognize the dire situation in Afghanistan and the need to resettle a multitude of refugees who fled their homes with only the clothes on their back. And we are still haunted by the seemingly constant toll of sickness and death. Now this is only a small recounting. The list could go on to the myriad of crises we are facing both in the world and in our own hearts. So is it any wonder that I perhaps initially turned away from a psalm that begins and ends with the words, praise the Lord? I confess before all of you that I didn't feel like praising the Lord this week. I've confessed similar feelings to mentors and friends in the past. And one mentor recently quoted to me from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all but joy. But that's hard sometimes. It can be hard to praise. It can be hard to live into joy. It can be hard to simply hold on in times of trial. And it's okay. It's okay to admit that. Now, I was, as I was thinking this over, it's a true story, as I was thinking this over, my mind took me back to the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Now, yes, I am a really big nerd. I think many of you knew this, but my mind went back to the Westminster Shorter Catechism because truly I am that Presbyterian. 
The Westminster Shorter Catechism is a document written in England back in 1646 that laid out important articles of faith and theology that English and Scottish theologians thought that all Protestant Christians should know. Now, I learned some of these articles of the Catechism when I was in seminary, and it's funny how sometimes one or the other will pop into my head. Now, the first article of the Westminster Shorter Catechism came into my head when I was puzzling out how to preach on a praise psalm after a difficult couple of weeks. The first article is in the language of 1646. What is the chief end of man? Now, that's not a question I give a lot of time pondering, to be honest. I don't know about y'all. In more modern times, more modern terms, we would say, what is the purpose for which we are created? The answer, which may surprise you, is man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's why we are created, to give God praise and glory and enjoy God forever. Now, sometimes people ask me, both in the church, outside of the church, wherever I may be, I find people asking me this question. Pastor Henry, what's this all about? Why are we here? What is my meaning? What is my purpose? Now, as far as I can gather, we are here, not just today in the sense that we are here, but we are here as people, as individuals, as humans, because of the love of God. And this is a love that will not let us go, the love that will not fail us, the love which keeps faith forever. Psalm 146 is not just a psalm of praise. It is a song of thanksgiving, a prayer of deep gratitude. Deep gratitude for who God is and what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do. So how do we praise when the world seems dark and we don't have the energy within us to do it? I think what brought me back to praise and ultimately gratitude is a line that I think can sometimes get overlooked in Psalm 146. It's the last part of verse 6. Verse 6 as a whole talks about God who made heaven and earth and all that is within them. But then there's this little line, this little descriptor of who God is. Do you see it there? Do you see it? It says, God is the one who keeps faith forever. Now, what does that mean? Well, to flesh that out, I think it's apt to make a comparison of what it does not mean. Things in this world will fail us. 
our institutions, our politicians, our heroes. The list goes on. You see, Psalm 146, it gets this. Look at verses 3 and 4. Trust not in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Now, how many people do we know who have placed their trust in princes and their rhetoric? in their miracle cures or promises to make things great or to come back better? How many people have we lost to the sweet tongues of princes who ultimately are no help? For all things mortal must end. Dust in the wind, tears in rain. Yes, I just quoted Kansas and Blade Runner. But it's true. Life is not lived in a linear path. This is something I've recently discovered. There, there are ups and downs. There are, there are sideways movements, upside down times. You name it, life's got it. The one constant is he who keeps faith forever and that's God God is the one who keeps faith forever he keeps the faith for us with us and this is a promise this is the truth and frankly it's good news to hear that God keeps faith forever because that lets us take the steps necessary to live life without fear when you live into the promises of God, come what may, you can, and I truly mean this because I've lived it and I've seen so many other people live it as well, you can step out in faith. Now, you got to be brave, and that can be hard sometimes. you got to trust in God, and that can be hard sometimes you got to surrender to the promise that God is the one who keeps faith forever. And this is the truth of the gospel. Now, what does it mean that God keeps faith forever? Well, to echo the end of the book of Revelation, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. What does it mean that God keeps faith forever? It means that the oppressed will have their justice. That the hungry will be fed. The prisoners set free. The eyes of the blind opened. Those who are broken and beaten and bowed down will be lifted up. This is the promise of God made real in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9 of Psalm 146 has really stuck with me this week in light of events in our world, in light of the griefs that our church is holding within our heart. 
this very morning. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked, he brings to ruin. The Psalms have been called the prayer book of Jesus. It's not just the prayer book of the Bible. It's the prayer book of Jesus. And I am imagining right now, in my mind's eye, in the deepest recesses, recesses, however you want to say that word, in my heart, that Jesus is praying this psalm over all of us right now. And not just this psalm, but also the 23rd psalm, which is in some ways a companion prayer to this one. The Lord Jesus Christ who loves us, who died for us, who was risen from the dead for us and prays for us, keeps faith with us forever because he is our what? He is our shepherd. And because he is our good shepherd, we shall not want. And that is why we can glorify him. That is why we can glorify him and enjoy him forever. When times get tough, when all seems lost and heavy, he still sets a table in the presence of so many of our enemies. Our enemies, they be mad, but we be eating. Now I'm paraphrasing Dr. Esau Macaulay of Wheaton there. We can praise the Lord because our shepherd is faithful and true no matter what you may be going through. That is the truth. He will restore your soul. And you can face tomorrow because the promises of God are true. The promise God makes is to never leave you or forsake you. The promise is to be ever faithful. In Mark chapter 13, verses 31, Jesus declares, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And this is why we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, because he is with us. Because he is the one who keeps the faith, not just today, not just tomorrow or the next day, but forever. And his is the love which will never let us go. Even if we walk through the darkest valley of the shadow of death, his is the love which will never let us go. And so how can I end this sermon? All glory, loud, and honor be unto him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen.